Friday lunchtime lectures at the Open Data Institute. Hi everybody and welcome to uh, the ODI Friday's lunchtime lecture. Uh, my name is James uh, and I work here as a project coordinator. Um, today's talk is going to be by Serena Connor, who is the Safety Accelerator Program Manager at uh, the Lloyd's Register Safety Accelerator. Uh, and today's talk will be about safety tech uh, and how it can contribute to saving lives. Um, if you have any questions in the audience when we get to questions, please wait until I hand you the microphone. And if you're following us online, please use the hashtag ODI Fridays if you have any questions. And I'll hand over to Serena. Thanks, James. Uh, hello, everybody in the room. Hello, everybody online. I'm really pleased to be here. As James said, I'm Serena Connor. I'm the program manager of the Safety Accelerator program with the Lloyd's Register Foundation. Um, I have three big questions that I'm hoping to talk to you about today and that by the end you'll have some uh, answers to them. The first is, what does, safe, what does coffee have to do with safety? Uh, why is safety tech the next blue ocean market? And how you can be part of helping make the world a safer place. So on that first point, what coffee has to do with safety, I want to take you back about 300 years to a cafe not far from here, from the uh, ODI's London office, uh, to a cafe called Lloyd's. Lloyd's in the 17th and 18th centuries was a popular cafe where um, ship merchants, um, seafarers, and general uh, maritime insurance people used to meet to chat about all things maritime insurance, <coughs> excuse me, ship brokering and foreign trade. Um, and back in the day when the most expensive thing that you could own was a ship, you needed somebody to pay for the ship, you needed somebody to insure it if it sank, and you needed somebody to certify that it was safe to sail in the first place. So the organization that I work for, Lloyd's Register, was that third party, the organization that got together to make sure that ships were safe to sail in the first place. In fact, in 1760, 11 guys got together and created this list of ships, a, a register, uh, to define their quality uh, and to safeguard the life and property that they carried. And now, present day time, that's still with what Lloyd's Register as a commercial business does. We are in the business of safety and risk, and we have been for about 300 years. Um, we started out in marine, uh, in the marine and shipping sector, uh, but nowadays we cover um, all the basically modern industries that underpin our modern society. Uh, that includes shipping and offshore industries, oil and gas, renewable energy, uh, supply chain and food. Um, and all of the profits that the Lloyd's Register uh, business generate go to fund the Lloyd's Register Foundation, which is the charitable arm of Lloyd's Register. Um, and it's actually one of the largest charities in the UK, but works globally and invests in research and education, essentially to make the world a safer place. So back in the day when we were founded, this is what safety technologies looked like. It was guys going around with hammers and inspecting ships to make sure that they were safe to sail. Nowadays, uh, industries have moved on, and we all know that the world is becoming uh, increasingly digitalized, uh, yet there is um, room to, to, uh, to gain or room to uh, get more technologies into use for safety and risk applications across industries. Um, the sectors that Lloyd's Register work in, the main ones that keep our world uh, and our experience of our world functioning in the way and, uh, that it does, these are still some of the most dangerous industries that you can work in. Um, some of these statistics that you can see on the screen are from the marine and shipping industry, but I'll just give you a couple of other stats, basically, that illustrate why safety is such a big challenge. So every 15 seconds, 153 workers have a work-related accident. 
and one worker dies from a work-related accident or disease. Every day, 6,300 people die as a result of occupational accidents and work-related diseases. That equates to more than 2.3 million deaths per year. Um, uh, 317 million accidents occur uh, on the job annually, many leading to extended absence of workers, and more than 12,000 children die each year working in hazardous conditions. Obviously, these are a huge problem and come with incredible costs. In addition to the human safety side of things, there's also the risk to assets. We're talking about explosions, leaks, uh, steering malfunctions that lead to huge collisions. There's, there are many problems that need to be solved. And we believe that data and digital technology have a huge role to play in bringing down uh, some of these numbers. In fact, the Lloyds Register Foundation recently did some research, uh, which is publicly available. You can download it. It's the Global Insight Report on Global Safety Challenges, of which they found that there were 12 key safety challenges and areas for innovation. Um, this includes, sorry, as industries become more modern and adopt digital technology, this is where the foundation's research find that there were, uh, there's room for improvement and, and things that are both problems now and problems in the near future. Those include uh, the safe operation of drones and autonomous systems, cybersecurity for critical infrastructure, uh, there's you know, safety of complex systems in high hazard environments, safety at sea, I don't know if any of you know, but shipping actually accounts for 90% of the world's trade. Uh, Safety in the fishing industry, which is also one of the most dangerous industries you can still work in. Uh, safety of supersized structures, food supply chains, and in water and waste infrastructures. So there are many problems to be solved, and we really believe that digital technology and data have a role to play in solving these. Unsurprisingly, there is digital technology that's already being used to drive change. So we're already starting to see drones being used for inspections to reduce the need for humans to have to climb into enclosed spaces or to work at height. Um, data is also, and, and new sensors are being deployed uh, to be able to monitor assets continuously and do predictive maintenance rather than having to send guys out, guys and girls out um, unnecessarily. Uh, so much so that actually companies are starting to make digital twins of their assets to be able to um, monitor remotely what they look like. Um, and of course, not far behind autonomous vehicles are also autonomous ships. These are just some of the ways that we're already starting to see digital technology being used. Um, but it's worth saying we don't have an exciting cluster of startups who are focusing on what we're calling safety tech. On the, on the screen, you can see that there are many companies who are working in fintech. And if uh, this, the second image on the right-hand side is the popularity of the uh, search term fintech over time. But we're not seeing this level of innovation and the level of community around solving safety and risk challenges. So I hope I've answered point number one about what coffee had to do with safety. Point number two is there's huge potential uh, in the safety and risk market across lots of different industries. So it's a really exciting place to start working. And the third way about how you can get involved in making a difference and making the world a safer place is something that we've set up in the last year called the Lloyd's Register Safety Accelerator. And I'll just play a little video which is going to introduce the program. When I press play on the video, it will be quiet for a few seconds, but the uh, audio should kick in, so don't panic.
the Lloyd's Register Safety Accelerator was launched in 2018 to accelerate the adoption of digital technology for safety and risk. Digital technology is transforming the way the world operates and how we work. We want to take those transformative technologies and use that really to make a difference for safety and risk in the industries that underpin our modern society. Plug and Play partnered with Lloyd's Register to really make the world a safer place through the Lloyd's Accelerator. Our goal is to identify promising startups in safety tech that are actually addressing real world problems that large corporations are facing. It's been mind-blowing how easy it has been to work with Infratech through Lloyd's Register and Plug and Play compared to what it's normally like to deal with big corporates. The process is such that we will identify four challenges that Lloyd's Register clients are facing and Plug and Play will then conduct a selection process where we source applications for each challenge and identify the top three companies that can potentially solve what we're looking to solve. And the winner will actually receive a pilot with the corporate partner paid for by Lloyd's Register and supported by Plug and Play along the way. The Lloyd's Register Safety Accelerator is a really exciting program that's making real difference in safety and risk in critical infrastructure industries. If you want to get involved and join the program, please visit our website where you can find out more information about the program and find out about our program opportunities and open innovation challenges. Okay, so slightly awkward that I'm both in the video and here presenting, um, but anyhow, the Lloyd's Register Safety Accelerator, as the video introduced, is a challenge-led open innovation program where we bring corporates together with startups uh, to pilot new um, technologies to solve safety and risk challenges across industries. Just like Lloyd's Register, the challenges that we select um, may fit in the energy industry, the marine and offshore industry, the supply chain or food industries, um, and the technologies that we're looking for uh, tend to be rooted in data, in computer vision, in uh, artificial intelligence, all sorts of um, technologies that I'm hoping may be of interest to the audience that are here today and that are tuning in online. The purpose of the Safety Accelerator really is to accelerate the adoption of digital technology for safety and risk to make the world a safer place. As Mike in the video shared, how we do this is we work with uh, industry corporates to set challenges that are close to their heart that are related to safety and risk. And I'll share some of those challenges and some of our live pilots uh, a little bit later. Um, we run a competitive application process and select three startups to go forward into a Dragon's Den style pitch event. Uh, and one startup per challenge will be selected to receive pilot, uh, uh, pilot funding um, to test their solution with that challenge partner in a live industry environment um, and as well receive support from Lloyd's Register, from Plug and Play and from the uh, corporate partner to accelerate um, their technology and get it used into the industry more widely. So this is a selection of the challenge partners we've worked with today. As you can see, they're quite global. I am based here in the UK. Uh, I work in the UK, but the program is very much a global program. Um, and our challenge partners come from anywhere in the world. Our startups who uh, apply to the program can be based anywhere in the world. And you may find, if you are successful as a startup in applying, that your trial could also be based anywhere in the world. To give you an example of some of the challenges and uh, pilots that we currently have ongoing, uh, 
I should say, we have six live pilots since we launched and selected our first cohort in September, with another six pilots coming on board in the next couple of months. Uh, one of these uh, challenges was around enhancing dynamic risk assessment. So at the moment, uh, risk assessment, when guys go out and do jobs on heavy infrastructure, the, the uh, risk register that they receive is quite paper-based and quite static. So uh, in this challenge, we were really looking for ways to um, combine the uh, data that's already available with perhaps um, real-time data about the environment, whether that's weather conditions uh, or um, environmental feeds. And the, the challenge winner from this uh, challenge was called Lexatexter, and they are taking... Um, what's currently available as um, static natural language text and processing it to identify um, incidents that have happened in the past to try and predict uh, and uh, understand, underst I should say, understand why accidents happen and to predict uh, them uh, and prevent them from happening in the future. Another uh, challenge that we ran with Infratech, who are a Norwegian uh, energy company, um, they were they have a lot of guys who go out and do maintenance on um, high voltage electricity grids. The workers take pictures before and after they do a piece of work, and what they were looking for was real to be able to provide real time feedback to the workers before they leave a job site to ensure that the work was done correctly the first time, so they didn't have to go back um, if an error was later found. So Number Boost, who are based in South Africa, won this challenge and uh, built a computer vision model that processed the images that Infratech already had, learned what good and bad looked like, and then can predict. Uh, or can read the images in real time when a worker now takes the photos um, to identify if there have been errors made. So in this example, you can see um, in the, sort of in the center of the screen, the system is picking up that it, the image is missing a fuse cover. And a final example of a challenge that we've run and the pilot that's now on, go on going is a challenge we ran with Pacific International Lines, who are a Singapore-based shipping company. They're actually the ninth largest container ship company in the world. Uh, they wanted to be able to understand if their crew were fit for duty right before they started a job. So um, these, uh, their crew are on board a ship for up to 20-something days. Um, they work in two ships a day. PIL wanted to understand if they were um, they wanted to be able to read fatigue and stress levels in their crew to ensure that they were really safe to be going uh, on to duty and to complete these tasks which require quite high levels of concentration. The startup who won, so PIL are based in Singapore, the startup who won this challenge is Sensei.io. They're based in Austin and their technology is coming, uh, they, they had developed their technology for the uh, justice system, uh, currently being used to... Um, replace the lie detecting test and also potentially um, breathalyzing test in the US. Uh, and what their system does is it reads micro movements of the eye to read for stress and fatigue levels. And as of last week, they had installed their system on the ship, uh, for, uh, one of PIL ships sailing from um, LA to Seattle and then going onwards to um, Singapore to be able to uh, test the crew before they start um, to advise the captain if they were fit for duty. So in summary, my appeal is, uh, I guess, if you are a startup and you're working in um, developing a piece of technology for a particular use case, I'd encourage you to consider um, the possible safety and risk 
benefits that, that your technology may have. Uh, every three months, the Safety Accelerator publishes three to five new challenges set with different challenge partners. Um, what you have the opportunity to win is the, uh, to be able to trial your technology with that challenge partner in an approximately three-month trial. We fund you to do that, uh, and it's a grant, so it's not um, a matching fund or anything. You received uh, funding to, to run your pilot, and we don't... The, the name Accelerator may make you think that we take IP, but this, the Safety Accelerator does not take IP. It's a straightforward grant to um, fund you to uh, work with that challenge partner. We also provide entrepreneurial support, mentorship, and help to commercialize your solution down the road. Um, and if you want more information, the website is right there. That's it for my presentation. I'm very happy to take any questions, both from the room and online. Uh, and thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for sharing what you're doing with us. That was really interesting. Uh, does anyone in the audience have any questions? Hi, I'm uh, Ryan Goodman. I work for the uh, Open Data Institute and I'm a startup program manager here. Um, I currently work on a program that looks at bridging the gap between startups and large corporates around data-driven mm -hmm. challenges. Um, so something that was really interesting to me was to, would be to understand how, how successful have the pilots been so far? So this is the fourth round of challenges. Yep. So how have the previous three been, mm -hmm. unless this one's finished as well? Mm -hmm. um, and what sort of sustainability options have there been with those companies that have been either provided the solution for the corporate? Have there been any sort of like ongoing relationships? Mm -hmm. If so, what ones? Um, and yeah, if, if any have failed, for what reason in that respect? Sure. Um, so uh, to answer your first question about successes from the uh, pilots that are finished, we don't have any pilots that are finished. They are still ongoing. But on the second point, what are the options for startups who've been part of the program who are currently running pilots? What I can share is that there are already um, the beginnings of commercial conversations between either the challenge partner or about uh, the challenge partner and or Lloyd's Register about how they can help um, take that startup forward. Um, have we got any other questions from any of our audience members? Don't be shy. <laughs> what have been the challenges with getting data from the corporates uh, for the startups to use? Good question. Uh, it is a challenge. It's something that we, uh, as the programme, we try to work with our challenge partners and go through quite a rigorous process in sort of defining the challenge with them and helping them to understand what kind of data that they're going to need to be able to provide and in what formats and what are the challenges about getting that and who has access to those cameras and where do the feeds come in. That's come up quite, uh, quite frequently as we've had a lot of video analytics challenges. Um, and it's something we try to do at the beginning of the process with the challenge partners so that they know what to expect and are ready uh, for when the startup comes on board so we can get them, get the pilots kicked off as quickly as possible. Uh, in terms of challenges, it's sort of uh, between the, the challenge partners that we work with uh, and their individual roles, uh, having time for them to go off and talk to whoever they need to talk to about who own, not who owns the data, they know that who owns the data, but um, being able to get access to it and, and where is it stored and for how long is it stored and can we have you know, uh, his, you know, historic amounts of it. Uh, we actually ran a particular challenge uh, around how to automatically de-anonymize and desensitize a particular type of data because we know it could be very useful 
Um, and so that was just the, the nature of one of the challenges that we've run recently. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you for that. Um, is there any kind of feedback loop in terms of the data that the startups collect back into the, into the corporates um, is one of my questions. Sure. And then the other question linked to the anonymization and de-identification stuff that you talked about, mm -hmm. um, particularly like the eye sensor thing, is that is that data captured? What are the kind of ethical considerations sure. around stuff yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. So the first question was, what's the feedback loop from the data? So there is, yeah, so there's collaboration agreements in place uh, about um, IP generation and data collected um, between the, the corporates and the startups that are involved for every project. These are very collaborative, so that agreement is in place to basically share learnings as, as they go. Um, with regards to the very personal data of micro-movements of the eye, there was specific conversations about how to handle that, what the startup needed to be able to retain to build their algorithms further and essentially develop their business versus what was personally identifiable and you know what needed to be um, handed back basically at the end. Yeah, another question. Cheers. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I was going to ask a question about how you define the challenge mm. essentially and mm -hmm. challenge partners in that respect. So. Mm -hmm. Do you run an open call for data providers as well? And do you identify ones which are the most prominent challenges faced within certain industries? Sure. Or do you go out and proactively engage with people to understand if they'd be interested in running such program through Lloyds? Sure. It's a little bit of both. So from inception, it, this program was very much about asking the industry what are the top problems that, are, that they want to solve. Um, so we do as innovation workshops where we invite key players in the industry to come in and have a chat and to prioritize amongst themselves what they would like to see. Um, we also do sort of one-to-one -one consultations. Um, and it is, for us, it, we sort of have a criteria. One, it's got to be um, within the realm of safety and risk, so we're not going to solve things just for operational efficiencies, so to speak. It's got to be solvable. Um, it's got to be pilotable in a short amount of time, so our program is not set up to fund major R&D for companies. Um, and it's got to be digital, so we're also not in the market for developing new types of rope, for example. Um, and in terms of prioritization of which challenges we take forward, yeah, it, it basically it comes often from our challenge partners telling us, you know, this is a really important problem for us, but we know it's a wider problem for the industry, and we do make sure that the challenges that we pick up and that we um, have startups working on to solve are not bespoke problems for that corporate, that they are definitely industry-wide problems so that there is a marketplace for that startup to go on and to sell their solution to afterwards. And Sorry, just a follow-up question. How do you track impact as well of what these pilots have essentially produced? Because I guess you'd look at it from um, an economic perspective for the potential client, mm -hmm. probably a societal one in terms of the safety or the lives that you might be uh, saving in that respect. So what do you track from a program perspective yeah. uh, on the impact and the success of the overall program? Um, and what are the sort of key metrics that your data providers sort of look for in that respect? Sure. So I'd say each pilot is a little bit different in terms of what their, in terms of what their success looks like. Um, from a program perspective, we're looking for uh, solutions that after the pilot finishes, get then uh, that there's a, some sort of commercialization that's happening afterwards, whether it's with Lloyd's Register, with the challenge partner, or with somebody else in the industry. All of those are very good options. Um, and from on a pilot-by-pilot 
point of view, the each pilot or each startup is required to fill out a um, final case study, essentially, which includes a um, business case, which they work on in collaboration with the challenge partner and basically defines what the uh, business case is for that solution going forward. So they get information from that challenge partner. Okay, this is what it needs to cost. This is how it's really got to work in real life. And that's, you know, what we're looking for. Any other questions? No? Any questions online? I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, just thinking about kind of, uh, we were talking earlier about how the, the, the program doesn't cover open data. I was thinking about open approaches. Um, are the startups that are involved or the partners kind of talking openly about what's going on um, and blogging and stuff like that? So we advise that, this, that the collaborations talk publicly after they have signed their collaboration agreements mm -hmm. and the whole thing is rolling ahead. Um, we have started to see wonderfully some of our pilots uh, very much collaboratively, the challenge partners and the startups, uh, starting to present at conferences and share their learnings and uh, do demos for other people of their, um, of their projects. So yes, in that nature, also because the program is funded by the Lloyds Register Foundation, which is a charity, there is this sort of obligation that we are able to share the learnings and the outcomes for the greater good. Um, in terms of challenge partners joining up, we haven't seen that so far, but some of our challenges are in similar areas, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen. Okay, great. Uh, any more for any more? No? Okay, well, if you could join me in giving Serena a big clap for a great presentation. Thank you very much. Um, so that's the end of today's lunchtime lecture. Uh, join us in two weeks, because next week's half term, uh, for the next lunchtime lecture, which will be about the state of open data, histories and horizons. You've been listening to a Friday lunchtime lecture brought to you by the Open Data Institute.